Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. God will provide the Lamb. Now, the first time you find the word Lamb in the New Testament is when John the Baptist points at Jesus Christ and says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. John answers Isaac's question. Where's the lamb? God will provide a lamb. Behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Woven throughout the stories of the Bible is a single common story. It's the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And if you listen carefully, you'll hear that message on every page. Today's message with Pastor Dan is no different. Abraham is about to physically sacrifice his son Isaac on an altar of worship when God stops him in his tracks. Abraham believed that God would have to raise Isaac from the dead after this act. Thankfully, another lamb, another sacrifice is provided by God. Sound familiar? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 22 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. doesn't remember the works of our flesh. Through Jesus Christ, the works of our flesh are forgiven and they are forgotten by God. And that is good news for us, right? Because we've got a lot of works of our flesh. Next to verse 2, you can write the words, hip, hip, hooray. He doesn't remember the works of our flesh. He doesn't recognize them. The second thing we can note about this verse, verse 2 is this is the first mention of the word love in the Bible. And it's speaking of the love of a father for his son that he is about to sacrifice. Hmm. The third thing we can note here is God tells Abraham to go to the land of Moriah and offer his only son on one of the mountains there. Moriah is in Jerusalem. Second Chronicles chapter three, verse one tells us that Solomon built the temple on Mount Moriah. And near to Mount Moriah, right next to Mount Moriah is Mount Calvary. Golgotha, where God offered his only son, whom he loved, Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice for the sins of the world near to the same place that Abraham offers Isaac. Abraham offering Isaac at Moriah is a picture of God the Father offering His Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, the Apostle Paul says the gospel was preached to Abraham. Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Well, when was the gospel preached to Abraham? When did Abraham see the day of Jesus Christ? At Moriah. At Moriah, when he offered his only son, Isaac, whom he loved. Abraham saw the gospel of Jesus Christ on this day. Verse 3, it says, So Abraham rose early in the morning 
and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men, his servants, with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering. And he arose and he went to the place of which God had told him. I want you to note here Abraham's obedience. He arose early the next morning and he headed out. He didn't delay. He didn't hesitate. Even though I'm sure this was very emotional for Abraham, I'm sure it was uh, difficult for him to obey God, but he obeyed God immediately. When God tells us to do something, we should obey him immediately and without delay, even if it's difficult for us to do. So then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. So it's a three-day journey from Beersheba up to Moriah in Jerusalem. The third day here, of course, that reminds us of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Abraham doesn't fully understand what's happening here, but his son is going to live on this day. It will be, Hebrews tells us, it's as if his son is resurrected. And it's on the third day that he lives. And Abraham said to his young men, and watch what he says here in verse 5. He says to his two servants, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder. Sounds like Uncle Jed from the Beverly Hillbillies. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. He says, the, the lad and I are going to worship. This was an act of worship. Remember like we saw with Job and like we saw with David? Abraham worships God in this test. And it's an act of worship not just for Abraham, but it's an act of worship for both Abraham and Isaac. The, the lad and I are going to, to worship. You know, we talk about the faith of Abraham. We shouldn't forget the faith of, of Isaac. Isaac was infected with his father's faith in God. They, they do this together. They go together. Isaac was a willing participant in this with, with his father. You know, Isaac was about 30 years old at this point. I know in the children's Bible storybooks, Isaac is always portrayed as a little boy. I know there's songs on the radio that makes Isaac sound like this little boy who doesn't know what's really happening. But that's not true. I don't mean to burst your bubble with that. There was a song, I don't know, about 10 years ago that was on the radio all the time. And it's this father, you know, leading his little boy Isaac up this mountain to offer, you know. But Isaac's 30 years old. Now, Abraham at this point, his father is well over a hundred years old. He's an old geezer. Isaac could have escaped this situation if he wanted to, being 30 with a dad who's over 100. He could have outrun him if he wanted to get out of this. But Isaac was a willing participant with his father. He went with his father up the hill. He carried the wood for the sacrifice. He allowed his father to bind him to the altar. You know, 2,000 years later, Jesus was a willing participant with his father. Jesus walked up the hill of Calvary, not far from this location. He carried the wood of the cross. He allowed himself to be nailed to the cross by his father and offered for the sins of, of the world. Now watch what he says here. Don't miss it. Abraham says, the lad and I will go yonder and worship and then we will come back. 
Not I will come back. Isaac's not going to make it. I'll be back. No, we will come back. Now, if you're a note taker, you can jot down Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 to 19. Hebrews eleven seventeen to 19, where it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding, listen to this, that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. All the promises God made to Abraham were bound up in his son Isaac. So if his son Isaac dies, all of the promises of God die with him. So Hebrews 11 tells us that Abraham offered up Isaac by faith, and Abraham concluded that God would resurrect Isaac from the dead. That's why he says, the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you because God will raise him up. God will raise him up if necessary. Isaac will not remain dead. All of the promises belong to Isaac that are going to be fulfilled by Isaac. So God will raise him. God will resurrect him if need be. So we're both going to come back. The gospel was preached to Abraham. And here you have a picture of the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. So Isaac is carrying the load of wood up Mount Moriah. Again, he's not a little boy. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. Just as the wood of the cross was laid upon Jesus Christ, the wood is laid upon his son Isaac. They go up the mountain together. Verse 7, But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father! Isn't it funny? Like Kids don't talk to their parents like this anymore, do they? My father. And he said, here I am, my son. You know, hey, dear old dad of mine. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, and so the two of them went together. If you're a note taker, this is the first use of the word lamb in the Bible. Where is the lamb? That's the question. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. God will provide the Lamb. Now, the first time you find the word Lamb in the New Testament is when John the Baptist points at Jesus Christ and says, Behold 
the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. John answers Isaac's question. Where's the Lamb? God will provide a Lamb. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham is always building altars. Wherever he goes, he builds an altar and he worships God. You know, may we be worshipers of God everywhere we go. And Abraham laid Isaac on this altar and bound him. And again, Isaac cooperated with his father in this. You know, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down voluntarily. In verse 10, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife. You can picture this in your mind. He's got Isaac bound on this altar and he's got a knife raised. He stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. It's hard for us to imagine what was happening in Abraham's heart at this moment. What's going through his mind. I'm sure it's gut-wrenching for Abraham as a father. I'm sure it's very emotional. I'm sure there's tears streaming down his, his cheeks because he loves his son so deeply. And at the same time, he wants to obey God. And, and, he's, and it's hard. He's, he's kind of you know, stuck between the two. I, I love my son, but I want to obey and, and honor God. And here he is. He's got this knife raised. But again, by faith, Abraham knew God would somehow resurrect Isaac from the dead. And as Abraham has this knife raised and is about to plunge it into Isaac's heart, there's a voice from heaven. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Doesn't say this in the passage, but I'm sure Isaac at this point said, Dad, Dad, you hear that? Dad, Dad, you're hearing eight on, Dad. Did you hear what he just said? Somebody's calling you. Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham passed the test. And he showed that he loves God more than the blessings that come from God. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And so Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son in place of his son as a substitute. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Now watch what the angel of the Lord says. The angel of the Lord is Jesus Christ. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. And your seed, all the nations of the earth, shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. 
Now we see God coming to Abraham and essentially thanking him. Thanking him. God now comes to Abraham and says, you know, thank you. Thank you for your commitment to me. Thank you for your love for me. That you demonstrated by doing this. You, you, you didn't even withhold your only son from me, Abraham. You were willing to give up your only son whom you love for me. And because we cannot outgive God, God then says, I will bless your children. Your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. And what is God saying here? God is saying, my hand will be on your children. I will bless them. I'll protect them. I'll prosper them just as I have you, Abraham. I mean, this, this is really the prayer of every parent, isn't it? I mean, if, if you have children, what do you want for your children more than anything else? You want to become a millionaire, right? So they can buy you a beach house and no. What you want for your children, your prayer for them is that God would be upon their life. God's hand would be upon their life and that God would be with them and God would watch over them. God would care for them and God would be as patient and kind with them as he has been with, with you. That's your, that's your prayer. You know, as a parent, you, you, you know, You don't, you don't really care so much about what they do for a living or how much money they make, unless you're carnal. You just, want, you just want them to walk with the Lord and know the Lord, walk in His ways, and that God would be with your child throughout their life and with your grandkids. And, and here, that, that's the promise that God makes to Abraham. God gives Abraham really the greatest blessing of all, the promise that he will be with his children and, and grandchildren after him and bless them because of Abraham's obedience to the Lord. Now, one quick note about verse 18 that you should know. Uh, the Apostle Paul mentions verse 18 in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, if you want to jot that down. And what Paul says in Galatians about verse 18 Paul says that this verse reads in your seed singular, not in your seeds plural. So verse 18, Paul argues, is referring to one particular descendant of Abraham, not all the descendants of Abraham in general. And Paul explains that the seed is Jesus Christ. He is the descendant of Abraham that blesses all the nations of the earth. Because he provides salvation for all. And we don't, have, we don't have time to really get into this. But you should note that Paul makes his whole argument on the tense of the noun in verse 18. That the noun is singular and not plural. Which shows us that even the tenses of words are important in the Bible. I mean, Jesus said not one jot or tittle will pass away, but all of it's going to be fulfilled. Jot and tittle, those are the smallest markings in the Hebrew alphabet. It's like saying every I will be dotted and every T will be crossed. So he's, Jesus is talking about down to the markings on the letters are going to be fulfilled in the word. Here Paul is saying, hey, the tenses of the words matter. 
So it, it, understand the Bible is not just, you know, it uh, doesn't just contain the thoughts of God or the ideas of God. It is the Word of God. Down, down to the letters, down to the markings, down to the tenses. It's all important. It's all exact. And we, we, I, that kind of stuff really gets me going. Uh, but so we, don't, we don't really have time to really get going on that. But. So now in verse 19, so Abraham returned to his young men, the two servants, and they rose and they went back to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba, Beersheba as we say it. And now it came to pass after these things that it was told Abraham, so Abraham received word saying, indeed Milcah also has borne children to your brother Nahor, who lives back in Ur of the Chaldees. So word has made it from Ur of the Chaldees. Remember, it's the main trade route through that area. He receives word about his family, his, his brother Nahor, back in, in his homeland, that Nahor and his wife have had children. Huz, his firstborn, and Buzz, his brother. Those are some redneck names right there. If you're naming your boys Huz and Buzz... Isaac is their cuz. <laughs> Kemuel, the father of Aram, Chased, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. And Bethuel begot Rebekah. And this is why we are given this genealogy here and this list of names, why it's dropped in here for us because of Rebekah. So this is foreshadowing something we're going to see in chapter 24, but that's why Rebecca is mentioned here. And so here in this chapter, Abraham is tested. For so many years now, he's known the blessing and the goodness of God, and now God comes to him to, to test him. And he asks him for Isaac. He asks him for the son that he loves, to give that son to him as a test to show and to see. Does Abraham love God only for the blessings? Or does he love God for who he is? And I pray for us that when God tests you and when God tests me, when it comes our time, when God proves our heart, do we love him or do we just love the blessings? That we pass the test. And that our love for him is more precious to us than anything his hand has provided for us. And that no matter the circumstances, no matter uh, what, it, what is taken away from us. And there's been things taken away from us this year. And there'll probably be more things taken away from us before this is all said and done. That we would be able to say, my joy is in the Lord God of my salvation. And I rejoice in the Lord. And the Lord God is my strength. And the Lord God has given. And the Lord God has taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. He asked me how I know. And I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. 
We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There'll be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, please be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis, so be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize